What are you using your beard? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool story, bro. Check out Jim Bob's Grizzly Beard Care today. None of their products have fillers, just all natural ingredients built beneficial for your hair and your skin. The oil absorbs readily into the skin and does not leave you feeling slimy. Beard oil, beard kits, beard merch, beard product, beard whatever, they got it. JBGBC.com today. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to JG's Lounge. I'm your host, Jukebox, here with my co-host, Jesse, and this is another episode of In the Lounge with Jesse. Well, JG and Brofiki, sorry. <laughs> uh, today, we have a wonderful guest, Nolan Taylor. Man, how are you today? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Ah, uh, dude, it's it's been a good day. It's, been, it's my day off today, so uh, I've been wait, waiting for this. Uh, I didn't have awesome. any. I didn't have any Nashville traffic to deal with, so it was nice. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> I had to battle like uh, you know three feet of snow today. To, uh, is, that, is that what? Yeah. So I'm in Kansas City. He's in Utah. So. Salt Lake City. Oh, yeah. word. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you guys just had a snowstorm. Yeah, it was the most massive snowstorm we've had in like over a decade. That's Damn. what I thought I read. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it it's wonderful uh, for a lot of reasons, but also terrifying for all these people that don't know how to drive in the snow. Luckily for me, I grew up <laughs> driving in four feet of snow in like a front wheel drive five speed manual car. So I, I mean, I, I do fine, but I see all these people in these four wheel all you know four wheel drive all wheel drive cars that have never driven in actual snow before, and I'm like, <laughs> oh dear, baby Jesus, please, please help us all. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, Nolan, first off, thank you for, for wanting to be on the show today. I, I appreciate that. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, of course. You're doing big things, man. Congrats on, uh, 68 hitting almost half a million in, in one month. Yeah. Crazy, man. It's a, it actually is almost 2 million on Facebook. No shit. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. And, How and does that you make ju- you feel that like just, um, it's yeah. strange. Is it's it very strange? Yeah, it's, okay. it's pretty odd. My socials are blowing up right now. It's kind of overwhelming in a lot of ways. Even, I'm pretty, even, uh, pretty laid back, you know. <laughs> yeah, even your Spotify is growing. Just since I've reached out to you, man, your Spotify is yeah. growing quite a bit. It was. Uh, I think I had checked. I had coincidentally had checked like the day before they released the 68 video on Facebook, and I didn't even mm-hmm. know they were releasing it. Uh-huh. And uh, it was like. 1200 monthly listeners and i was like oh man you know i'm steady over a thousand and i checked today it's at like sixty-two thousand monthly listeners I was like, <laughs> that's incredible. what is going on <laughs> yeah what's can, can you uh describe that feeling like because like you keep saying you don't you're not expecting it so when you're seeing it like what is that that emotion going through your head uh, honestly, I'm a bit of a pessimist, so, uh, it's, a, it's more of like, so when's it gonna go down on the decline? <laughs> <Okay. you know? laughs> That's kind of my thought. I'm like, huh, wonder how long this is sustainable, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, are you seeing any reaction in your other songs and your other videos because of this? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, st- all of my stuff is blown up. So I am blessed on that front. Mm-hmm. Like people, people definitely are reacting very well to 68, but I would say, 
that 25% of those people are also coming over like, man, I thought I liked 68, but this song is actually my favorite. I'm like, cool. That's great. I'm right there with yeah. you I, and, and with them because uh, after listening to because obviously 68, I found it on TikTok, which is how I found you. And um, yeah, I just, and, and I reached out to you because I loved your sound. But then I, whenever I, when I, when I get somebody booked and they confirm they're going to do it, obviously I like to listen to their other stuff and do a little bit of research. And yeah, man, you're, I even realize is what, five years old and, and it's fantastic, man. That's actually the first song I've ever written. Yeah. And we'll talk about it later on. I, you know, obviously we, we like to yeah. hear the story behind you and, and, and your background, but I, yeah, I wanted to start out just, you know, congratulating you on your successes lately, man. That's fantastic. I appreciate that, man. Seriously, thank you so much. Yeah, of course. So, uh, so Cincinnati, Ohio, huh? That's, that's where you're from. Um, I'm actually from a very small town in Ohio uh, called Blanchester, Ohio. It's outside of Cincinnati, but I okay. moved, and, th- and then I grew up most of my life outside of uh, a place called Chillicothe, Ohio, in a smaller town called Bainbridge. And, um, but long story short, um, I met my girlfriend. She's from New York City. We ended up closing the distance after three years of living apart. And so it just kind of made sense to go to Cincinnati to pursue more music full time and to close the gap. And it's much cheaper than New York. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I I can't say I've been to New York, but I know that, you know, city by city, state by state is so different for cost of living. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cincinnati is actually extremely cheap. I'm in Lexington, Kentucky now. I just keep heading south because I play a lot in Kentucky and Tennessee and stuff. Yeah, you said you were in Nashville today. Were you Were you doing some work out there? My band lives in Nashville, so we have a we have like a rehearsal space, and I go down once a week. Okay, all right. What kind of drive is that? Three and a half hours. Oh, that's not bad. That's not bad. No. Jesse up here. Jesse drives all over the place. <laughs> we've yeah. done show, yeah. we've done shows with him in his car. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I do drive a lot. Uh-huh. I got, have, have you, uh, I mean, Vegas is only five and a half hours for me. Denver's seven. Yellowstone is seven. Uh, I mean, honestly, everything is pretty relatively close. I could drive anywhere in a day. I mean, I could drive to San Diego in 10 hours. I just did that. (laughs) (laughs) You did. Actually, one of the the guys that we had on before here, uh, Awesome Ray Ray, he he was getting ready. Actually, they ended up hooking up, and Jesse did a music video for him. And uh, it, yeah, they, I mean, it just happened from the show and it was pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I like driving. Yeah. In fact, I just got my car yeah. out of the shop, put new tires on it. I had to do a whole <laughs> bunch of stuff because we're, we're leaving tomorrow, actually. Uh, it's, we're driving three and a half hours east. Uh, we're doing a retreat this weekend. It's going to be pretty sweet. It's going to be fun. So I do miss the East Coast, though. So kudos to, to you. Yeah, I've been in Kansas City my whole life, so I, you know, I mean, I've I've lived in Colorado Springs for about a year, and that was a fun experience. But I mean, I've been in Kansas City my whole life. So, cool. yeah, yeah, man. So let's hear a little bit about your childhood, man. You know, what was your life like as a kid? I mean, whatever you want to talk about, obviously, it's you know, yeah. nothing's. Well, let's let's no. get to know you. Yeah. Yeah, I was a. I come from a very uh, musical family in the sense of like. They're all kind of obsessed listeners, you know. Um, okay. My dad's kind of a crazy listener. So, but we were pretty poor. We were extremely poor, actually. And um, dad was never really home because he was working two, three, four jobs and stuff. And uh, so my brother and I, we could just kind of 
got the whole we got full range of everything he ever owned which is a lot vinyl cassettes you know everything and uh so everything just kind of built from it was kind of born like i was i was born into like a you know listening and being obsessed with different bands and things like that but being so poor i could never really afford to we, we couldn't afford an instrument or anything like that so i never really cared to play but i like i cared to play but i just couldn't you know and, yeah. and so uh yeah i just grew up in a really small town in ohio um you know everybody knew everybody whole town mm -hmm. knew you know knew each other and things like that and poor, just poor family you know rural area yeah that's uh the, the vinyls so so it kind of interests me because my my dad actually has a ton of vinyls and everything that ranges from you know jazz to to classic rock to you know b i mean bb king stevie ray vaughn uh yeah. tom petty i mean he it's a wide bob marley so so what kind of music did did your parents listen to? were they different genres of music on each side um my mom went around too too much really um she was and she wasn't mm. but she my mom's like more of a i guess if if uh whatever she listened to is more like pop music and stuff she loved like michael jackson and jackson five and things like that but mm. uh but my dad he listens to everything uh, mm. uh he really is where i got my whole eclectic taste for, of music really Cause, so mm. from anywhere from like he'd have moody blues vinyls to to Steve Ray, he would have like all the blues stuff. He he loved the blues stuff with Muddy and, and BB and all them guys. But then we also had a ton of soul records. So like my biggest vocal influence of all time, probably one of my favorite artists ever is Otis Redding. So he had just plethora of Otis Redding vinyl and, and same cook vinyl. So I fell in love with like early R and B and I just mm -hmm. love like soul singers and, and I love, you know, the emotional attachment to vocally. And, and stuff like that so so really my dad's um i'm a dead i'm also like a huge grateful dead fan it's like oh, my nice. favorite band my two favorite bands is like a jam band and an emo band and <laughs> it's just two worlds colliding you know but uh yeah super super big grateful dead fan that was kind of just born and bred and yeah so literally from anywhere from r&b to jam bands to just classic rock you know southern rock everything yeah man that's fantastic yeah, I was blessed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Jesse. Uh, Jesse's listened to. I mean, he's listened to everything from. What, I don't know. What, you tell him about your 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 upbringing with music. <laughs> oh man, <clears throat> uh, my upbringing. Gosh, my my dad used to listen to like Johnny Rivers and yeah, that's awesome. songs like you know Danger Zone and uh, Come On Eileen by Dexys Midnight Runner. Yeah. Uh, so so that's kind of what I I got from my dad. Uh, and then when, uh, you know, I was six parents split, my mom took me, we went, we moved to Texas. Uh, so I had like a country upbringing, believe it or not, from, from the age of six to like 10, you know? Um, and, and I was born in the eighties. <clears throat> so, you know, I grew up listening to like Toby Keith and, um, uh, Shania Twain. Right. And right, then right. I got my first CD from a CD shop and I just I didn't know what music really was. And I've never, you know, didn't really listen to the radio on my own. Uh, got NSYNC. It was the number one CD out there. Had no idea what the hell it was. And I'm like, OK, cool. This is this is different. Mm -hmm. uh, then I got into like Nelly was one of my first CDs for hip hop, for rap. Right. I That's loved cool. it. And then it switched into like Blink-182 and Eminem and, and you know, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, got into all that stuff early, early 2000s, late 90s. 
<clears throat> but what was interesting is uh, in high school when I was introduced to like emo, like legit real emo, 2002, yeah. 2003 era. Um, it was Santa's Fell Taking Back Sunday. And and they're, back. I love I'm very, <laughs> very close with Taking Back Sunday. In fact, every time they come in to Salt Lake City, we get together. Um, but most people I talk to nowadays, they don't even know who those bands are, right? So yeah, yeah. that was, I'd say, a good part of my life was just listening to stuff like that uh, until Skrillex. Not even going to lie. 2011, 2012, what is this dubstep stuff? <laughs> So I got into that and it's like, all right, well, what is EDM? What is that? So I have a a very wide spectrum of music that I've had influence yeah. from. And um a lot of so I'm a photographer in the music industry. That's what I that's what I do for fun, and that's what I do for a job. Um mostly indie music and independent artists that are coming through that they're not signed. They're not tour touring, you know, with anybody else other than like their friend is their manager, right? Like Jack right. Case just, just came through here. So that's kind of where my love for what we do here on this show is getting to know these up and coming artists, because I've, I've gotten to watch somebody like taking back Sunday to get really big and then just kind of die off as far as popularity. But then you have those people that really love them. Right. <clears throat> yeah. And then you've got all these other independent artists that, nobody even knows who they are and i'm like these guys everyone's gonna love them and so I'm like yeah let's yeah. let's do something here and so that's kind of where i'm at now is i like i don't even care like what type of music it is i just appreciate people wanting to share their talents with the world and to tell their story and you do that in your music man like you got a phenomenal voice and i'm like oh my gosh but that's the thing like i wouldn't even know how to look up a genre like i wouldn't even know like what genre is this because you hit on so many different things you know with from you know acoustic guitar to you know you, your wide range of vocals and and the amount of emotion you put into things so it's like how how would you categorize yourself and obviously we've got a little bit of influence now understanding like where where stuff's coming from but it's like you've got a very unique thing going on yeah i, I appreciate that i uh honestly i don't know where i would put myself because like i hear so many of my influences are like emo bands like i love the spill canvas growing up and yeah. and i love like pine grove is my my favorite band next to the grateful dead and the ambience that <laughs> they do it's, but i am a storyteller i am a acoustic guitar player and a lot like i do play electric music as well but mm. i like that's what i I've never had a band. I grew up in a really small town, poor area. So I was just wrote songs on an acoustic guitar. And so I don't know. I People ask me that all the time, but I will say the one genre that everybody pins me to and it drives me absolutely nuts is country. And I it's don't. not country. I don't. I agree. Honestly, I get like this acoustic alternative sound more than anything. I mean, I get the hints of, of, of the country in there, but I, that's not what I would never categorize you as that. Yeah, I agree, man. I, yeah. I, I, I don't really care. You know, I just want to make music for a living, and I am, and I've been blessed to be able to do that yeah. for the past three years. But, um, yeah, it does drive me nuts when they're like, "Man, what a you know up and coming country guy." I'm like, "No, I'm not." I'm like, don't put me in that, please. Like, I'll get laughed out of a place of people. If I walk down on stage and start singing music to a bunch of people that want to hear country music, they're gonna be like. This isn't country. I would say though, like it's more of like an an indie 
emo in a way just because of the lyrics and, and the the emotion behind it but not what emo would categorize in uh as far as just you rip my heart out i want to die you know i'm sad i want to cry type stuff it's <laughs> it's more of like very heartfelt emotional stuff so this is an opportunity for you to create a category that doesn't <laughs> exist yet yeah. i'm serious yeah, start a movement like figure yeah figure that out i mean it's like that's the biggest thing that i've been focusing on lately is like creating words and expressions and then definitions of what i'm experiencing it sounds a little crazy but i feel like that's where we're at in the world like if you can't categorize yourself based off of something that's already existed then you get to create one Absolutely. you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah I, that's it that's so cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I personally, I think that I'm like, whatever you would call like city in color. Like Dallas. Green. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, that's a good, you know? yeah, it's good reference there. Or like, I, even like a lot of Ray LaMontagne stuff is really, so I'm like a cross between that. So I guess you are right. I could just be like, whatever you would call those guys and then just kind of merge that and just be like, yeah, that's me. I just, we're the only ones. I'm the only one in this group. But this is it. <laughs> Yeah, my lost interest said, "Who who needs labels, man?" He's right. Yeah, so it's yeah. What I was getting at is, it's not based on a label. It's based on how would you discover this type of music if you don't know what That's to look for? Problem. That's yeah. So it's not it's not a label as like you're a country artist. It's just like, hey, I want someone to be able to find this. So it's almost like it, with you doing social media, it's like creating a hashtag for your your unique sound and then making a video about that sound be like hey guys if you feel like you're in this type of in between maybe that's what it is like it's in between indie indie between or emo in between i don't know something like that so then it's easier to be discovered yeah i agree and i honestly i'm so glad you said that because Mm -hmm. uh when i try to express this to people i don't exactly know how to explain what i'm saying here but it never even thought it's like yes like so you got to look at it and i'm not i don't really care about being put in a box like whatever i don't care about my genre i'm I'm fine being genreless but i want you to be able to find me but i also want it to be able to make sense so like i go on I go out on the road with a lot of country acts and, and so sometimes I split the room, you know, like sometimes I have a great response and like people love it, but you can tell they're not there as country fans. They're there as music fans. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like, yeah. where do I find what genre? That's where I want to find my genre and to be closer to the fans that would just appreciate what I do. I don't call me whatever you want, but I want yeah. those fans to be able to be able to find my music. You know what I mean? So, uh, I've been following this artist for a while and I, I got to meet him, uh, this last year, JP Sachs, right? Um, he's well known for a song that like blew up all over the, uh, the internet. Like, uh, in 2020 was if the world was ending, would you come over? Right. Right. So that song, but when, when I listened to him and met him <clears throat> and he played a show, um, he played a lot of stuff that was unreleased and it literally it was, it's kind of like what you're, you're doing. Like, it's just, he got up there with an acoustic guitar and sang a bunch of songs. People are like, what? It's moving is what it is. You you can move a crowd that can relate, right? So you're looking at like relativity. And I think that's where people are connecting right now. It's not, it's not about being relevant. It's being able to relate to music. Agree. Maybe like indie relativity. I I don't know, but I just, (laughs) that's one thing I've noticed working with so many musicians is how do you, how do you relate? 
if you don't have a category, the whole point of music, in my opinion, right? Um, you obviously play the guitar. You probably know how to play a couple other instruments, or you've you know, in your background from a few different things is, um, music is meant to be however you want to portray music. If you call yourself a musician, uh, does that mean that you play an instrument, right? Being an artist, does that mean I have to be a painter? No. It's whatever your interpretation of of, of what the word is, right? Yeah. Um, So look at it this way. It's like, okay, your music is is phenomenal. 68's going, your video's super cool. Beard, I'm kind of impartial to you cutting it but that's just me because i i actually took like five <laughs> inches right off my you. beard you know and, <laughs> you know but but that's the thing is you have an opportunity sir to go in any direction you want to go in and you don't have to go the road anyone else is going and this is what i love about social media so much yes is you can create your own freaking thing that's never existed and create a damn movement and that's what right. the world needs. i agree man yeah. that's awesome i appreciate that yeah, yeah. of course man that's what I um, Yeah, he, he throws out, Jesse does a great job at, at throwing out stuff that, that people don't think of either. So. <laughs> I'm um, not from this planet. <laughs> um, so what, what kind of, what was the steps kind of leading your direction to music? Like did, growing up, did you always want to pursue this or did you have other things that hits you before music, like before musician, did you want to be a firefighter or a policeman or something like that? I just wanted to be a, be a musician my whole life. I wanted to be the front man of a band. I wanted to sing. Like I've always sang, I've always sang my whole life. Yeah. Um, a lot of that was forceful. My dad would make me sing at like church oh. and things like oh, that. Okay. Really? <clears throat> yeah. And, um, but not, not in the sense of like, I wasn't, he wasn't making me be in a choir or anything, but he would make me go up and sing a song at church. And then once, once every six months or so. And then, and then actually what had uh, happened to me, I was obsessed with bluegrass music. My uncle gave me his banjo for Christmas and I started to take lessons and we found out that I was left-handed because I'm a right-handed person. So we never thought that I would be a left-handed player, but that's, we got the banjo. I, I couldn't play it as a five string. It was upside down. I just couldn't do it. So being poor, we couldn't really afford uh, instruments or anything so I just sang and I just that's all I ever wanted to do is just be a front man and then I got into fourth grade <laughs> fourth fourth grade I was in band mm-hmm. and before band I was in the band room by myself singing and my band teacher was there and I didn't know it and she immediately took me to choir and switched my schedule to choir so from that point on I went to choir and uh, that's when I was taking like leads and actually learning how to sing and um <clears throat> Then about eighth grade or so, I bought a bass. I wanted to be a bass player. Um, realized that I couldn't switch it as easy as I thought. I, was like, I, was, I think I was like seven, sixth grade. Couldn't switch it. I didn't know what I was doing. A buddy of mine had a left-handed acoustic guitar, and he sold it to me. It's like literally the last instrument I even wanted to learn was a guitar. And I got it, and I just started writing songs from that point on. Wow. <clears throat> Dang, That's sixth incredible. grade. That's crazy. Yep, I think yeah. I got it. By the time I landed the guitar, I was a seventh grader. So I try. I was trying my whole life. <laughs> did you? Uh, you did you up? learn how to play? Pick it. Do you pick up the how to play pretty quick? Yeah, I've, I've basically as soon as uh, I had a friend of mine who was learning it simultaneously. He was I already had been learning, and my brother had been learning from him. And uh, 
and they just kind of showed me a few chords and I just learned them. And then I started playing it. It came very natural to me. But the weird thing about me is I never cared to progress. I was like, I just want to sing and write songs. That's all I want to do. I don't want to play the guitar. I don't want to waste my time with that. I just want to sing and play guitar. I mean, sing and write my own songs and uh, couldn't find a band. So eventually I started forcing myself to be better there you because go. I'm like, I can't just play three chords and write songs to three chords. You know what I mean? This is more than me. So I, I started, I got better by being forced because I just didn't have anybody to back me up. <laughs> because you had the desire. That's interesting. Cause your dad was just like, Hey, you're going to go sing. So he obviously saw something in you. Like, yeah. like, Hey, you, you need to do this, but you, he like want, wants you to discover that on your own. Like, man, my kid's going to sing. Have you talked yeah, to him about that so. at all? Like, just like, did did you know that I was going to be a singer? You know, my whole family did. Honestly, so like, I come from a very large family, and I was yeah. not shy to sing in front of them, but I still struggle with stage fright. I hate. I don't like singing in front of people. Or sunglasses. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, actually, I'm I got dead serious. So I have been. Yeah. I, I never could wear wear them because I had glasses, but now that I got LASIK, I've been I have been wearing sunglasses. It's funny you said that. Yeah. But uh, I uh, so I would sing around my family and stuff, and my all my family would they would say that you know as a young kid they'd be like oh you you got such a pretty voice and I was used to drive me nuts being a little boy I'm like oh don't say you know pretty voice <laughs> yeah. so I wouldn't sing around them but yeah eventually that that's they were all just kind of like ah oh, we we always knew that you were gonna end up singing mm-hmm. okay so now you, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, like, with you growing up, so so we got a little bit of backstory on you, and like uh, history, whatnot, with music and, and family and, and singing and whatnot. Uh, what was it like your friend groups like in high school or like post seventh grade? You playing the guitar now, you're doing like talent shows. You, are you being influenced uh, by other music, friends around, you know, promoting you to like get out and do stuff? How did that no, go down? I was a- I was a huge jock, actually. So most of my time was spent playing sports. I wrestled all year round. No um, shit. I the, yeah, I played football. I was in the weight room all year round, always training for football and things like that. So really, I uh, never really cared to – I never thought – I always wanted to be so – this was the weird thing. I guess it was like I always had that dream of being a musician. That's all I ever wanted to do when people would ask, like, oh, I want to be a musician. But really, in my head, I knew that it was not feasible. In my head, I was convinced that, like, that's never going to happen. I'm going to eventually have to get a job, do something I don't like. Well, then I started actually getting more and more gigs from that point on out of high school. So I didn't take it as serious. I really should have. And I didn't have anybody around me to be in a band or anything like that. I went to, I graduated with like 66 kids. So (laughs) my whole school really didn't play much. And the ones that did, they were all playing bluegrass and stuff. And I was like, that's cool, but I don't play bluegrass music you know yeah. and so it was like we had a divide we had a couple kids that were playing like hardcore but um you know another i couldn't do it you know so i just kind of stuck to myself and played a bunch of sports and and then when i was in high school i was like a senior i think in high school i wrote realized yeah and i was like wow that's actually a song like oh yeah i've attempted to write and complete songs and i was like I think I can actually do this. So then I started the confidence building of writing and, and stuff like that. So it kind of snowballed. And then when I started realizing that people are reacting more to my original music than they are the covers that I'm bringing to the table, I was like, man, I'm going to do this. You know? So it's like in my 20s, I really kind of decided that I was going to be a musician. You know, t- typically I, d- I don't play the music until the end. But since you mentioned to realize, I kind of want to play that 
little bit that I did now because that's one of the songs that I did. If you're cool with that, yeah, it's course. only about 35 seconds, so I, I, yeah. I kind of want to just throw it in there so people can hear it um, because it, it is a fantastic song. All right, let me do this here. Pardon my Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> it'll, it'll load. <laughs> Come on. There we go. Got some change in my pocket And I'm thinking about calling you I know that you don't want it, no Well, they say that love is true I think about you more each day It drives me nuts and it drives me crazy Sometimes I wish that I were dead So I can get you out of my head All right, all right. Yeah, like I said, I, I like to do short clips. If people want to see this, you know, go check it out on YouTube. Um, but yeah, dude, I, I have to say the change in my pocket. A lot of younger generations aren't going to understand that. Yeah, change no, my pocket and calling you. Yes. <laughs> oh, gosh, that's pretty oh, obvious. Man, that is so tragic. Think about that. It hit me. When I heard those lyrics, I was like, man, like this day and age, not many kids are going to understand what that means. So I love that. That's awesome. Yeah, I'd, I actually had somebody bring that up to me one time, and that kind of blew me away. I was like, wow, I am old. <laughs> How old are you? I'm 30. Okay, you're, young, you're younger than both of us. You're <laughs> old in the, in the general sense of people coming out now, you know what I mean? They have no clue, they have no clue what a payphone is. Hell, I, most, I, bet, I would almost venture to guess that most people – and that, that are graduating don't really know what an actual phone book is. No. Yeah, or Rolodex or uh, yeah, an address exactly. book or yep. yeah, that's a true. Pager. You know, <laughs> I had uh, a pager. A caller ID. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They would just they, they would assume that caller ID just always existed. I'm sure. Oh yeah, that's crazy. Well, you anymore, if somebody call if somebody calls you on the phone, even if you don't have the number saved, half the time it'll tell you who it is. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that that song is probably I, my one of my the top two of of your songs that I, really? that I like that that one and I like Five Hundred Miles. Oh, dude, that's awesome! Thank you. Yeah, they. I mean, I they all. Good. Good. Go <laughs> <laughs> so they all, just... they all, they all kind of hit me in a sense, like from each song. Um, and and you're one of the artists that we've had on. We've had a few where where the the lyrics just hit you in a way, you know, like because it you can also resonate with it, you know. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, yeah. I appreciate. So that. this a, is where I get asked questions about. about this just specifically. <clears throat> so with you having these songs, you've been saying you want to just write songs and sing for a while. What prompts some of these songs and? Where where are you when you write them, and, and how? Right? Are, are, is it like you're sitting in your your truck or your car with a notebook that you always carry with you, and you write it down with a pencil, you know? Or are you at a computer typing it up, or do you just grab something 
that you're recording with a camera and you just go and just let it out. How, how is the writing process for you for one um, and then second, you know, uh, where's the inspiration come from? I would say the writing process for me varies from song to song, but mostly when I write songs, they all just kind of hit me. I always, so <clears throat> I guess I always have a theme in my head of what I want to write about always. Okay. And sometimes they'll stew for weeks. Like uh, my most recent song I had just not my most recent month. I wrote one yesterday, but the one I wrote right before that one, um, I had this idea in my head, um, and, and it was just reoccurring. And every time I'd pick up my guitar, I'd try to write a melody and it just wouldn't come. So I, I'm not a forcer. I don't force myself to do anything because I always hate the product when I do. So I'm okay. the type of person that if it hits me, it hits me. And, and so I'd pick up my guitar and I would try and I'd try to get in a groove and I just couldn't pin anything down. And one day I woke up and it was like, you know, 7.30 in the morning. I grabbed my guitar and I sat down and I wrote the song and it one fell swoop. And I was like, yes, that, that's what I've been wanting. That's exactly what I've been trying to get out of my head this whole time. And then okay. sometimes it's like I'll be in the shower and I'm in a melody will come and I'm like, oh, I got to do this. And I'll, you know, run out. But most of the time I got probably thousands of voice memos on my phone of just lines or full songs or half songs or verses. I got notes upon notes in my phone, uh, whatever's closest, just typically my phone's right there. So I always record, I'll write it down, whatever. But if I have paper, I'm always writing it down. It's just whatever's near me. And then the inspiration is, it's just, I write everything completely personally based. Um, I, and that's actually why I'm not, I realize it's not one of my favorite songs I've ever written because it's just kind of a fictitious story that I wrote and I didn't really come from a real space. So that's one song that it kind of bothers me because I'm like, man, I didn't really feel that. I didn't live that. I just wrote a bunch of somber words together and, and put this piece of art out and, and I appreciate it and I'm glad I did it. But like when I have other songs that like mean so much, everything just always tries to pull some emotion out of me. That's my favorite thing about music is, you know, being moved to tears, to being reduced to tears by listening to a song is one of my favorite things in the world. So I particularly want to do that, but I want it to come from a totally real true space. Well, and, and like I told you, 500 Miles is one, one of my top songs of yours. And had I not, had we not talked about your background, I wouldn't have known that that actually happened. I mean, the lady who you're with now, you know, you yep. lived states away for several years. Yep. So yeah, it's, I, uh, it's neat hearing that, man. That, that song, actually, it came from a really cool spot. Uh, I went to The Voice in 2018. Okay. Um, I didn't make the TV show, but I'd end up, I made it past the open call. Then I made it past the private call. Then they flew me to Los Angeles and I sang in a studio there. And from that point, they voted me out. The people that they voted in went to TV. I went home and, um, but I was very jaded. Uh, and I didn't even take the whole, the whole, that's kind of funny because I took the whole process of just, I was joking about it. I was not mm -hmm. taking it serious whatsoever. It didn't really care to be there. People just kept asking me to do it and do it and do it. And so eventually I just did it to kind of shut up Facebook and, uh, and ended up keeping making it. And I kept making it. And I kept making it. And all these people are, you know, drinking honey and stuff. And I'm just going in there raw, just screaming up top of my lungs. And, uh, I ended up getting voted off and it hurt and it, it hurt me pretty bad. I was like, you know, oh, I'm, I'm better than that. Blah, blah, blah. And I came home and within one day I wrote 500 and, um, it just changed my whole life. I, I submitted it to a competition 
in that competition within like a week, it got like 70,000 views. And it just, that's when I really, that from that point on, I really switched into full gear and, and I was full timer and playing every day or every weekend. And, you know, it's been, it has changed my life. That's incredible. I just think like you became your own motivation because somebody told you that you weren't good enough to go to the next round. And you're like, you know what? I don't, I don't need your approval. I'm going to do this. Yeah. With, I've got to do this without you. That's yeah. amazing. Wow. You know, how often do we take uh, losses, right? And and we let it just crush us, right? Absolutely. I, I honestly believe this. this is something I've been sitting with for a few months. <clears throat> so <laughs> I feel that when we experience a loss, a loss could be anything. It's just it's it's what we experience, right? The feeling, the being able to experience what a loss is is different for everyone, and it, it will do one of two things: it will destroy you, and it's supposed to it's supposed to destroy you down to your core, so you can build it back up. But it's the process of building that back up and creating something different the way that you want it to be. And I feel like it isn't until you have like a break like that where you start creating and through creating whatever it is that you want to be, you choose how you express yourself. So you're, you're pretty much the director of the experience that you want your people to to have and their experience so your experience is writing music expressing yourself and how you are going about life right so that's what i gather from right. from listening to your music is you're expressing yourself so maybe that's a genre is acoustic expressive music i don't know something but but, but with expressing yourself it's like now that you are gaining this popularity right and we're seeing it grow it's, it's phenomenal and you as a pessimist it's almost like your pessimism and your your doubt in in yourself of taking this seriously is actually what's fueling your fire is what it seems like yeah in a, in a really weird way it is it's what's keeping me grounded and keeping me focused <laughs> it's, it's, it's cool like, we need this guy on tv more like let's yeah. just get this guy to blow up and get out there and just tell the world like hey i doubted the hell out of myself and i actually made it because of Exactly. <laughs> that's incredible my dad is. is turning the drive you know yeah man and, and it's so so after seeing realize you know you've lost you've lost a, a lot of weight you're looking good man um what was there was there a reason behind you wanting to do that too like d d is there something that made you want to lose all that uh no actually so uh yes there was a reason but it had very little to do with me um my girlfriend she was like ah oh, you know i want to start running and and all this and i was like well you know it's it sucks to exercise and stuff by yourself i'll do it with you you know keep you company and so we started this thing called couch to 5k and it takes <laughs> yeah, you from I'm a couch potato to, yeah and, and it yeah. works i i truly i still run it every day i run about five miles a day now um because of that app, I, I started out and, you know, it does like 25 second intervals and you walk for 20 seconds. And then next thing you know, in, in eight weeks, you're running three, 3.2 miles and it's, it's pretty wild. And from that point, I was like, well, I'm running and I'm exercising. I might as well take my diet a little serious and weight just started falling off of me. 
And then once I lost a significant, I hit, hit nearly 100 pounds. And uh, I had a friend of mine, he was like, you know, I read this crazy stat because Hilo had lost a ton of weight too. And he was like, I read this crazy stat that 98, I can't remember the exact percentage, but he's like 98 or 99% of people who lose a significant amount of weight gain it back within the first five years. And that's why I joined the army. And I was like, wait, what? And he was like, yeah, every time. And I was like, whoa, hold on. So now I have turned that into like, I'm going to be, beat that statistic. You know, I'm going to hit six years. Like, yeah. we're going to do this. So it's really just been kind of a five. I'm a very extremely competitive person yeah. in all aspects of my life. And it had to be from playing uh, playing sports and stuff growing up. So I am like challenging myself every day. I'm, I literally compete against myself on, on a daily basis for this. So it's, it's That's been a- kind of cool. <laughs> it is. I mean, that's and that's the story behind it. It's just like, yeah, we're just yeah, let's do it. <laughs> you know, like that's awesome. <laughs> that's every everything in the world. I see it seems to happen that's been good for me. It's been because I'm just like, sure, you know, don't <laughs> I don't think about it. I just do it, and then it mm-hmm. ends up coming to fruition. And I'm like, wow, that was a great idea. Why don't I think like that more often? <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I do have one more question. And on Jesse, I'll let you ask another one. Um, I've seen a lot of reactions and people re you know, stitching 68 and talking about it. And like, do you, I'm guessing you see all of that too, right? Uh, for the most part, it's been getting a little bit overwhelming now with the amount of volume of people doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, uh, if you go back all the originals, like I'm hundreds of videos, of, I go out there and I thank everybody for it every time and and i try to be as engaging as i can but some of these that's just been so many i'm getting sent them you know i'm getting sent 10 15 20 of them a day it seems like yeah. on, from tiktok to instagram to youtube so and it's I not don't, really i don't a, see them all it's it's not a question that i've asked in previous so it's kind of more of a i'm guessing when you were did did you release that clip or did somebody else do that for you it was radio wave or something like that the the 68 thing yeah that was a uh, yeah radio uh, radio west virginia is okay. who that is. now did you probably when they released it, yeah cool you probably weren't expecting to get all these reactions and these you know all these no people. i had no clue I, actually the dude who shot the video he was like prepare man your life's about to change and i was like what and he was like i'm telling you this was i i think i have a real good feeling about this one and then he i didn't even talk to him for eight months it, that video was shot a long time ago. Yeah. And they held on to it, held on to it, released a few videos here and there. And then I had no idea they were even dropping it. I was driving to New York City for Christmas, actually, with my girlfriend's family. And uh, she was like, hey, your video posted. And we looked and it was like within two hours, it had jumped from like 7,000 views to like 37,000 views or 47,000 views or something. I was like, what's going on here? Because yeah. Facebook is where it really exploded. Like I said, it's nearly 2 million. Yeah. And how does that, I mean, how do you feel knowing that people are reacting to this stuff? It's, uh, it is strange. <laughs> it's, <laughs> I'm so grateful. Um, I will say that I'm extremely grateful. Um, it's just things that like, you know, you, I just you don't expect that for yourself. I don't care who it is. You can have all the confidence in yourself, but you don't ever expect to just have people react and not even react, but you don't expect somebody to feel the same way you felt and really to touch people's lives. I've, the, the thing that blows my mind the most is the comments where people are like, you have literally saved my life because of this song. And that's the stuff that I'm like, 
you don't ever expect that to happen. You know what it's I mean? Hard. That's the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. That is that that right there. Uh, if if my music career ends tomorrow and I move on and I go and I get a real job and I'm, I can look back at that and be like, I was successful. You know, I really touched a lot of people with that one song. Yeah. That's Jesse, what you got? It. Well, <clears throat> to play on that, right? So I, I watch a lot of um, documentaries about musicians. Um, and it was actually the one about Kid Cudi. And he actually talked about that specifically is that, you know, he, he talked about, he, he created a new genre of music, right? Um, right. You know, with Day and Night. And it wasn't rap. It wasn't really hip hop. It was just him reading a poem, essentially, with, with a new type of beat. And it was at the beginning of his first tour. And he had a lot of people coming up to me like, you saved my life. Like, you know, your music really changed me. And he said, actually, you know, that was the hardest part is having that responsibility on him. Like, I got to keep creating music to help people. And he started doing that. And his next album wasn't as great wasn't real wasn't who he was the thing is for me and how i look at it was any message that i put out in the world i would imagine it's just like if i could if i could help one person by me being authentically myself that's incredible but at the end of the day it's like the goal is i would imagine that you just want to be true to yourself and express yourself the way that you you see fit and you're doing that my question for you is what goal do you have for yourself in continuing to do this? And it is a hundred percent, in my humble opinion, to be incredibly selfish with the goal that you have as a musician. Uh, because when you're doing something selfishly for yourself, going out performing songs because you want to, um, you're selflessly helping everybody else in the world by sharing your gift, and you don't realize that. So what what does it what does success look like you already are successful but perfect world like six months down for a year from now what do you want for your music career be as selfish and greedy as you want here i just want to play uh, honestly where i want to where i want my music career to go is to play theaters across the country and have people come in sit down and actually want to hear what I have to say. I don't care about selling out arenas or anything like that. I want to play to three to 5,000 people that want to hear what I have to say every night. And that's what, that's what would make me happy. I love that. What would you say the biggest or the, the, the best show you've done? Like, is there a, a memorable show that you've done so far to date that just hits you still? Yeah. My, uh, one of my most recent shows I played with a guy named Charles Wesley Godwin and, uh, we played in Newport, Kentucky, and it was probably it was the biggest indoor crowd I've ever played in front of. I played in some festivals and things to bigger crowds, but um, it was the biggest indoor crowd I've ever played in front of. And just to feel the electricity of the energy of people in front of me, and just like because and the, it was really cool because I had just gone viral at the same time, so it was like a split room. Like people were actually there. I was opening up for somebody. But you can tell they were there. Like when I said 68, the entire room erupted. And it was just like just to feel that. And it was like the first. And I'm not saying the first true time I've ever felt like love from the crowd, but from strangers. You know what I mean? I've played to a couple hundred cap room that were packed out of people that 
that I pretty well knew, or, you know, it just wasn't the same as you're going and I'm playing in front of a 3000 crowd room and they have, they know the lyrics to my songs, you know, they're singing them back to me, everything. They're hanging on to every word I say and stuff. I'm like, what is going on? You know, that right there, I could just still feel it. The, the same feeling that I had on stage. I'm feeling it Never just from so listening to you talk about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, we do have one more song, so let's get this out of the way here, and then uh, we'll keep talking. Uh, let's see here. We got dark. Uh, I believe it's darkness. Yep, darkness is the next one here, and we can talk a little bit about it after. Let me see. Let me get to play. No. Now so I am I get lost inside my own head Now and then I'm spaced out I've got so much on my mind Alright, just a little taste Just a little taste everybody, but <laughs> Man, just again, it just it hits you like those the that um, that wave of emotions. You know, you get it um, pretty quick, actually, from from listening to your your lyrics. You can you can tell like there's meaning to it. You know, yeah. What's that? Uh, that's my favorite song I've ever written. Really, it, it's it's yeah. good. It's it's definitely. Uh, I would say that's probably my favorite one of all of them that I've listened to. So why? Thank you. It's why, why is it you talk about so so here here's a little bit about me. I came from a very abusive upbringing and uh, there was a lot of darkness that could have existed in my life and a lot of things that could have gone really south for me moving forward. I would I, I wouldn't maybe not be who I am today. But the way that my mind processed that darkness and finding a way to not let it negatively affect my life is means everything to me and, and so so the lyrics to that song really relate to me because it's there it exists it's in my head it's always going to be there but i've never let it like drag me down so so i you know again i appreciate the song and, and it, it, that song really does mean a lot to me so i appreciate that yeah, yeah. that one uh, that one was tough for me to write that was one of that was one of those songs that I said I sat down and I knew what I was writing about and I and I wrote it within one city. And what what is there something in, in particular if you want to talk about it? Obviously, you don't have to, but that that triggered that song. Um, well, yeah, um, yeah, I uh, I've always dealt with like suicidal thoughts and and always the want to to die and uh, and I always just thought it was normal most of my life growing up, you know, you didn't talk about that stuff. So I just kind of assumed it was a thing. I never realized that it was something that was pretty abnormal and you really shouldn't always mm. think about that noise, you know? And, and so the particular day that I actually had written that song, it was I'm on my head real heavy. And I was, you know, essentially staring out my window, contemplating, uh, potential, the thought of, of potentially killing myself. And my girlfriend was in the shower and, and I was like, man, what is going on? You know, I'm like, why? 
Like, and it was one of the times that actually it got, it was getting to me. And uh, I, I was like, I just got to play guitar. And that's all I did. I picked up my electric guitar so I wasn't too loud, unplugged. And I just started finger picking that. And, I, and you know, tears rolling down my eyes writing that song. So that one means a whole bunch. You talked about how that seemed normal to you. Like you just thought it was something that, you know, was on people's minds. Um, for me, that abuse as a kid, I would go to school every day thinking nothing of it because I just thought that was a normal. I thought kids went home and got beat by their parents. Like that and the, the awake the awakening when my that my mom finally left him and that stopped that the abuse stopped. It was like a world of lies came to me. You know, it's like, well, it's not how it actually is. Like it's it's mind blowing. Yep. So yeah, I definitely relate to that. So let's I'm sorry that you do in that sense though. I really am. I had a pretty tough childhood myself in the sense on the opposite end, uh, with my mother. Yeah. And obviously with sixty eight and, and yeah. uh, so I do understand that because that's also a realization. Those little things from childhood also kind of messed me up a whole bunch when I did realize like stuff like that wasn't normal. I realized that like the war zone that I was living in wasn't a normal thing. My friends weren't going through that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, and then, you know, come from small town and stuff and, you know, the stigma around men's mental health and stuff. Nobody talks about it. And I was <laughs> like, man, maybe that is a thing, you know? So it is all those little realizations and, and then it hit me later in life that I'm like, wow, this is why I am the way. But it makes me, it, honestly, at the end of the day, though, it's like refreshing to realize yeah. I'm not, it's not like that I'm just messed up. You know what I mean? I at least know exactly what's going on. It's, right. you know, it's not like, damn, just life sucks all the time for everybody. It's like, yeah. no, we have control of our own destiny, but now we know how to fix it. We know, you know, I know what steps to take to, to feel better, you know? Right. And I'd like to, and, and Jesse, I, I want to let you ask another question or two before we wrap up, but I do want to invite you to something that Jesse and I have started, and we actually needed to discuss here recently about another episode. We started something called a tour to you. It's a virtual charity concert that we do, and we've done one. We took nine artists from, or eight artists, actually, from different genres of music, and we brought them together for a good cause. We donated $270 to a charity. And all we asked from these artists was to do three live sets pre-recorded um, to the viewers, the people watching the show. And we, you know, we talk about them between the sets. It was like a two hour long concert that we did and, um, you know, promoted on social medias. And um, it was for a good cause. And people talked about why they do what they do. And it was amazing. It was a great experience. And that's why we're going to continue doing it, you know, and, and I would love to invite you to be, one of those one of the artists involved if, if you're interested we would oh, love absolutely. to tell your story yeah. yeah that's awesome i appreciate that um yeah we'll we'll definitely connect about that after after yeah. this live I, I appreciate that so much thank you yeah of course i mean you, you're just your music is so touching so so definitely want to talk to you about something like that if you're interested jesse go ahead man yeah we're <clears throat> we, we definitely have an interesting um perspective and uh, a very unique experience um, as, as podcasters, Jukebox and I, because we do talk to a lot of musicians through social media. Um, I do in person uh, with going to three or four live shows a week and, uh, and then we have these shows. So meet a lot of people and I, I've realized that a lot of them have so much in common, it's unreal um 
and at the end of the day, a lot of these musicians, they're really not super extroverted. It's like they turn to music to express themselves because they couldn't talk about things or they didn't know that they could or how to or whatever. And the one thing I think about is you you have a voice and you have this stage, this setup. You know, it's a lot easier with social media right now. And you have an opportunity to share your your voice, but it's just as important to express to people why you turn to music and what it does for you, right? And so that's that's what we try to do is try to figure out, hey, how did this happen? Because everybody has a very unique experience here on Earth. You know, for me, with with having suicidal ideation for for many years, it was due to neglect. My mother loves me. I know that. My, my father loves me. But it was just the lack of communication and, and neglect that got me into those thoughts. Just like, fuck, I'm not good enough. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I did choir. You know, I, I had a I had a band and I had stage fright. So I didn't go play in front of people. But I realized that I still wanted to share something with other people. That's when I started getting to like, I'm just going to create my own damn shows with other musicians and have them play. And then that's my experience I'm sharing with the world. So it's very interesting to me that everybody has these amazing stories and voices and, and the courage that it takes to even write a song, to sit down and play it, let alone record it or, or show the world that. Uh, it's just phenomenal. I mean, I guess the question I have here, I'm going off on a tangent. I'm just trying to like relate here, but how would you want to send a message out to the world to let them know that it's as simple as writing something down and trying to sing it or create something as small as that or whatever, or even a voice yourself, uh, whatever, to express yourself to help. Because most people think you're writing music just because you like writing music. Most people don't realize like you're writing because it's saving your life. That's why you're doing it. And if if the music that you write as a result helps somebody else, that's also a story. Have you ever thought about that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think about this all the time because I'm a type of person that the music business ebbs and flows with me. Um, My highs are really high. My lows are really low. But I have I do understand that I will always do this. I have always written like I've always been a writer, no matter what. I love to write poetry. I love to express myself through words because I'm good at I've always been good at being detail oriented with writing, like just in creative writing in general. It's the only class I was ever good at was reading and writing. And so I do understand that I, I have, like, it's something that I have to do. I will have to do this for the rest of my life. Now, the most bizarre thing, like I said earlier, is when people are saying like, you have saved me. It's like, because I'm expressing myself, I'm, also saving a lot of other people's lives and things like that. And that's the coolest thing ever. So like now it's almost like going all the way back to that conversation. It's like, I do feel like this, uh, a little bit of pressure to be like, Hey, I want, I want to help people out. I, I, I want, you know, I want to touch people the way to, I just want to get this out. And then in the process, I want to, you know, pave a way for people to, to jump on what I'm doing and be like, man, you really changed my life. You really helped me out in a way. And I don't care if that's one person that I take through life, you know what I mean? Because right. I'm going to help two two people out, myself and them. Right. It's 
it's it's wonderful hearing stories, especially from people like you, uh, you with with um, such emotion in your in your in your songs. So uh, again, I, I really appreciate you coming on to the, tonight. Um, even though we had to push it back a little bit, but stuff happens, you know. Man. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, nah, dude. I'm glad I could no make apologies. it. I, I didn't want to miss yeah. it. Yeah. It's, I've got it's... one last thing when Go you're ahead. done. Okay. How hard is it? Be honest. Like, how hard is it to do you see this, this right here? I, I got to throw this out there. Oh, yeah. Tim Allen says, okay, by Nolan, changed my life. Right there in the comments. So. I appreciate that. Thank you. That yeah. one means a whole bunch to me as well. Yeah. Yeah, I want to talk about like I want to ask how hard is it, like, and, and I'm not just talking about writing or whatever, but like how hard is it to get going on this? Because what I've learned with with starting a production company last year is there really isn't a guideline. There's no books. There's nothing like nobody tells you like how to get your music on Spotify or YouTube or who to yeah. talk to about doing a music video. How hard is it? It's tough. Uh, I'm I'm blessed. I have a ton of different resources in my corner that I've just been able to reach out to. I've had a lot of mentors in each stage of my professionalism. Um, but it is, it's a very hard thing. I've been DIY all the way up until just recently. So I, okay. I've been pretty much my own manager, um, booking agent, all that stuff. And, and so that's, that is a, that's, that is something that people don't understand. They think like, Oh man, what, you're only playing three shows this week. Like you got four days to do nothing. And I'm like, wrong. What are you talking about? You know what I mean? Like I'm working a full-time job constantly like this is all i ever do it's all i have to you know i i don't have time to do anything else 90 percent of the time right. it's a it's a tough job that people just they, they overlook all that aspect because they see us going out and playing for a few hours a night you know yep what's been the biggest challenge with that uh growing a fan base get just getting exposure Okay. The, there, that's the that's the number one thing, and so that's the code everybody wants to crack. They want to crack the code of like, how do you go viral? How do we reach the masses? How do we go from playing fifty person cap room at a bar, you know, for three four hours to going and playing music venues to hundreds of people and and that actually are there to organically see what you're putting out? And I think that's the biggest challenge because I mean, at the end of the day, success is all relevant to what you want personally, um, but there is a financial success that you do have to attain just like every other job in the world. You want to be able to pay your bills and live comfortably. So being a musician is no different than that. You know, who, who doesn't want to make money and be comfortable, but you also, I, I'd say the hardest part as an early, an early goer, you know, is, uh, is the fact that I threw all my eggs in one basket and I was like, I'll be, I'm going to be poor. I'm going to be borderline almost. And, uh, but I'm going to do this. So, I guess that's where you really have to ask yourself, like, are you willing to sleep in your car? You know, like it, how hard, how tough does it have to be before you, before you quit? You know right. what I mean? And, and for me, there was no quit and I put one an option. So I guess at the end of the day, as, as hard as it got, it really never got so hard that I was done. You know what I mean? Right. There's been times I wanted to be done, but it's never been that tough. You know? Yeah. Jesse's Jesse's lived out of his car. Yeah, I'm not laughing because it's funny. I, I can relate to that. This was a I get year it. ago. A year I ago, get it. I on the 28th of February, I lost I lost my six figure job that I've built a career around for 10 years in the tech industry, and I'm like, what do I do? Yep. And uh, that's when that's when I I decided I'm like I'm gonna do what I love doing, and that's music and production, photos and stuff, and 
it's been that's where you need to be it's been tough man and so that's what i've been doing is figuring this out and i'd love to connect with you after this first off i just want to say thank you for your time tonight and yes. uh sharing your story with with me personally i, I truly oh, enjoy your you. music and i want to help in any way that i possibly can um with, with what i do your music is actually in line with the, the entire project that i'm doing this summer and uh i'd love to i'd love to meet you in person one day and yeah I'm, that would be sick i'm really Let's i'm really certain i can i can do that but um yeah it's just definitely relatable is like how much are you willing to do and right. and how much do you really want this right like i traveled last year in my car for like four months until i broke yep. my knee and, and then i was stuck and then it was like one day somebody pointed this out to me this is how a jukebox man is it through TikTok. i i i googled my name <laughs> and i looked <laughs> I looked at it and my videos have been seen over 60 million times. This was like That's six months ago. I'm like awesome. 60 million people have watched my videos and I'm like, you know what? At the end of the day, if I help somebody, it's all I care about. That's yeah. awesome. And, yeah, and, and I, so I love it. that, that and is what it, it comes down to. Like, it, yes, it's, it's funny because I, I, you know, and I started doing this just for the joy of doing it. And I use an uh, app called anchor to distribute all this afterwards. And uh, they just updated this new thing where it shows specifically Spotify and how many like just legit followers that, you know, keep watching what you do. And it said 53. And I'm like, just just on Spotify. And I know that's not a lot, but it means something. I mean, you know, people are, are watching my stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and some of some of the shows get, you know, hundreds of views. Some of them get 20, 30 views, but you know, just to know that people are actually watching the stuff that I'm putting out feels good, man. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's super so, cool. You just got to help each other out. So yeah. Agreed. At the end of the day, it's like build a community hey, and, and grow. So um, I'm human. 100%. You're human. At least yeah. to my knowledge, my, my <laughs> assumptions is we're all human and we like music and, and that's usually all it and, takes. And, and Tim right here says y'all got a new follower cause of Nolan. So you see, we all help each other out around here. So I do appreciate that. Yeah, um, that's so cool. Hey, and thank you for taking an hour out of your day, man. Um, obviously everything people, if you guys want to see him, you can find, find him on any Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, obviously, is huge for him. YouTube. Um, yeah, easy. You're yeah. Easy, easy to get in contact with, too. So, I mean, I appreciate yep. you and, and appreciate you being such a down-to-earth person and spending an hour with us tonight. So, thank you. Yeah. No, oh, no problem. I appreciate you guys for having me on, for real. Thank you so much. Thanks for, you know, pushing it back. I'm sorry that that, that <laughs> happened. But. Not a problem at all. Not a problem at all, man. Um, hey, and, and everybody watching, thank you so much. And until next time, we'll see you around.